two. Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back with the Boss Chronicles show. I'm your co-host Donald and co-host Rhonda. And we're here on the Snowden Saturday. Um, we should we shot the we you know we just chatted for like 45 minutes before we got on here. <laughs> yeah, it always happens, it never fails. Oh, uh, when we do on Fridays, we don't be doing so much, but yeah, you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> Yo, um, so today we want to talk about knowing your numbers and being able to act according to those numbers. Um, I had I had a wild day yesterday between what we were just talking about with the apartments uh, and trying to live the high life and knowing my numbers for trying to live the high life <laughs> in some of the luxury and also, like, I actually had a business epiphany of knowing my numbers that I figured out how to rebrand my, not rebrand the business really, but buckle down on what actually matters. So that was great. And it has not always been this way. Like, there was a so what, new numbers. What, what numbers did you look at and how did this epiphany come about? So this epiphany came about, it was a Friday morning. And the sun was starting to come up and I started to toss and turn. And then my mind went lucid and I like legitimately, I think I was lucid dreaming. I had, um, I had like several dreams. There was this one that was like a deja vu dream in this like crazy hotel. I'm not going to go into that. The other dream was about the business and it went into my like org chart and how I was going to pay people good money, which has been something that has been on my mind for years of how to make this work. Like I know the numbers, but I didn't know how I was gonna make the numbers. Now I figured out how to make the numbers. So I don't really remember the dream itself, but it was like something I've been working on trying to do is visualize being in the space that I wanna be in. And, but it like happened in a dream state, but like I was actually able to manipulate it. It was wild. And really what happened, I woke up and I was like, yo, let me go get my notebook. Let me just write this numbers out. And I sat there for like the next two and a half hours writing out basically my work chart of the types of roles I needed to have, like this performance director, this head coach, this uh, marketing director, this other coach, and like how much the salaries would be. But then I just looked at, like I had to dig into like the sessions and how much people paid and digging into how many sessions I would need to have be, take care of this many people. But I ended up working out close to the, the goal number I already have. But what happened was I realized how I was going to get all the other money in. It was basically personal training stuff, but like, it just like clicked. So I just woke up. I, I got up at like, I got up at like six something and then just pulled out my notebook and wrote. And then I called one of my coaches up and then, you know, I literally texted like, you got 15 minutes of calculator and, um, you know, some insight. And so literally had her double check everything. And I was like, light bulb. So before we get super deep into everything that you just said, because you said you dropped so many gems right there. And like, if you're listening, like pull out your notebook, write this stuff down so you can apply it to your own business. But like on the same wavelength, this must be like a week. The universe must be talking about like financial projections and like organizational charts, because I also worked on my organizational chart this week. And every single client that I worked with I had a very technical session about their finances and their pricing, right? So like, what's their profit? Um, 
and how much looking at their profit and looking at their numbers can they afford to pay people mm -hmm. right so I, I had a session yesterday with a young lady and i was telling her she kind of came in with the number of what she wanted to pay subcontractors that was pretty low and so once we did her numbers i'm like you actually have a range of 50 to 75 dollars that you can pay them right you might have been thinking to pay them 25 to 50 but now that we looked at your numbers you're able to pay them well pay yourself well and still profit in the business right because the way we pay ourselves is separate from the profit in the business so do you feel like paying your team members and your coaches really well like how does that benefit your business long term Ooh. um well i think that having staff turnover is like one of the worst things you can have as a business uh so for me if i can pay a coach like what i've worked out when when the business really matures is that i should be able to have coaches that can get paid like 50 grand minimum uh and you know there's a lot of personal trainers out here that y'all that that we know who cannot generate 60 grand on their own name or just make that in general. So, or, or they work a lot of hours to do it. And so for me, it's like, Hey, you can, I've, I now understand a system to create. I just have to execute on it uh, with the move that you can work 40 hours a week as a coach and make 50, you know, 40, 50, 60 grand coaching and really on the, on the maturation and like 50, 60, 70 grand coaching and only work 40 hours a week, which helps people actually have a career in fitness so they can actually stick around a long time. Because what I don't want to do is have to keep replacing coaches all the time, you know, unless, they're, you know, if they move and go somewhere else. Cool. But like, I don't want them to be like, oh, I worked here for like two years and oh, I didn't get paid enough. So I moved to go get a better paying job or like, you know, what happens in my industry a lot. People coach in their 20s. Then they turn 30 and they start having family and realizing, yo, fitness ain't going to pay the bills. So then they leave and go get a corporate job or they go get something that's more secure and wanting to actually provide that environment because that helps the business have similar faces around. So the systems flow smoothly. The members, you know, we build a system where members are here for years. So they're around some of the same faces for a long time. Uh, so that builds a more cohesive unit. And that saves me the money and time of training people all the time. You know, that's so it's, it's time expensive and it can be actually expensive. So you have one gym, you're moving into another gym. But what I really hear you saying that's like key that I want people to focus on is that you're changing the, the training industry simply through your gym of paying people and allowing this to be a career versus a hobby or a youthful aspiration. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. I guess I didn't think about it through that light, but yes. <laughs> to get deep with it. Like, and you want to have multiple gyms someday, right? To some extent. What I realized with this model too is great. Um, when I looked at the maturation stage of how much money I could profit and one of the issues that like, you know, if I was 20 and I could find a new business, I would not do the gym business, but you know, we're here now I'm 30, but what I realized and what I've been learning is cash flow. There's not enough cash flow, even with a well-run 
training gym, not like a planet fitness, a training gym to have a management layer that keeps the owner completely out. But if I have two gyms that run on the same model, I can put another management layer in there of somebody who operates both gyms and they do that full time. And then I don't have to do much. So I want two, three might be too much. Um, two gyms, I can make insanely good money and go then do something else. So I just want two. Two gyms. Nice. But like, yeah, I'm just learning the numbers because now, like, you know, I ran in there yesterday and I was beaming and I'm like, yo, I I had a revolutionary morning. I feel like I found the holy grail, um, which most of it just revolves around marketing as being a personal training studio and like keeping it niche about, you know, we work with runners and athletes and active adults and all that, but it's a personal training studio. So the mental expectation of when you go get personal training is that you're going to shell out, you know, a few dollars and that it's going to be very personalized. And so we do that versus like, there's some gyms you go to and they're based on group fitness, like Orange Theory. I don't want to even be associated with Orange Theory because you go to Orange Theory and you pay a buck 50 a month. If you listen and you're not paying a buck 50 a month, absolutely not. Um, that does not help anybody. I mean, it may help you, but like, it doesn't help me or my staff. Uh, so like, I don't want to even be put in the same boat as that. And so that's what the, revel- the numbers taught me. Cause really most of these roles that I need, they're going to get their income doubled in personal training. And I just need them to run the business. That's really what it came down to, but it was just number crunching, yo. like, and I guess to the, to the podcast, like quantifying everything which is something that it takes, I think it takes actually, unless you're a numbers person, it takes some experience in doing stuff to like really be able to quantify the numbers. Because I didn't realize how much my sessions are worth. I had to be able to realize how many sessions exactly to have to afford this and how many people I need to do that. And then like percentage breakdowns of my demographic and all of this, like I just numbers everywhere. But like it took the experience of having just done stuff and then being able to look back on it. And then every several months looking back on it with more clarity until one of these moments happens. Yo, I think that's so true because in in another one of my sessions yesterday, um, my client called me a a math whiz, which I would never describe myself as a math whiz. Um, But what I was doing is really like looking at pricing, looking at industry analysis, figuring out the market segmentation, like all of that. And he's like, yo, I've never heard you like this. Like you're in your bag right now. Like this is, this must be like what you really like to do. And I'm like, when it comes to numbers, like you have to know your numbers because in algebra class, I didn't like it because it was meaningless, right? In business, I know that every time I look at the numbers, that means more money for me and more money for my business. So like, it, it, it gives you an excitement to solve the problem as opposed to like, why am I solving for X? I'm like, X is how many dollars I get when I you know cut this grass. So I need to know what X is all the time in every problem, in every situation. So- Yo, that's real. Yo, X is how many dollars I'm gonna make. I'm like, ooh, like, they need to start doing that in school. Uh, why are you learning algebra? Because you got to solve for X. And yo, I swear on my notebook, it's solving for X. I'm trying to like find X. <laughs> it was I'm like, X is the leaky pipe. And, and you know, you got to run water through the pipe sometimes to figure out where it's leaking at. 
And, you know, you don't got to know the numbers up front. I mean, it's great to know the numbers up front. And if you're going to do like a very big venture, you should. But like for a lot of us, just kind of go out and do stuff. You know, tell us about it. Tell, tell us about it. Tell me about a time when you were early on and you ain't know your numbers and you was just out here like free balling, free balling business. So all the time, <laughs> all the time when we first started. So, of course, we're a landscaping business. We go out and quote it. We got screwed so many times starting out like we'd be like it would be a full clean out something that I might charge a thousand dollars for and we'd be like 150 and then we'd get into the job and we'd be like oh we don't have a we didn't have a truck at that time this was SUV year we got to rent a dumpster that's 300 off top right there right we have to do the labor. We have to like hire people. Like it would just get like so chaotic and so ridiculous. And we would eat so much of it because once, once you tell them the price, like you're already into the work, it's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do at this point? Like, and so we were so focused on like not wanting to have like a bad reputation that we would just complete it like to the best of our abilities. And mm -hmm. It, it helped us in that moment because we really needed cash. Yeah. In the long term, did it help us as a business? No. It helped us as a family. <laughs> it didn't help us as a business, right? So year two, I, I literally had a spreadsheet and I knew every single day how much money we generated. I knew revenue generated and I knew profit generated. Every day, like my husband would go out, he would do the labor. And at the end of the day, Every single day at nine o'clock, I would get on my computer, plug in everything he did and figure out the numbers and be like, okay, Wednesday and Thursday, we need to make X amount so that we can get to our weekly, you know, income that, that we want for ourselves. So I got into the numbers real fast because we were, we were working for free. Mm. Yo, that's wild. So you said you charged a thousand and then you realized, oh, I got to rent the dumpster and it's 300 off top. Yeah, we charge like 150 and then the next okay, year, I thought you I actually thought you said that but I was like no she ain't say that she no I did it was <laughs> it was awful it was terrible and then we had another problem of people like oh we love your service come back and do it again and we'd be like okay but yeah this time it's like 600 they'd be like we're not paying that the first time it wasn't that much. I'm like you know how much money we lost on that so I had to learn real quickly how to say like the cost, the the cost, the math ain't mathing. Yo, yo, I love. Did you did you say this to me before? Because when I was writing down yesterday, I kept writing. Is the math mathing? I was on the phone with our <laughs> coach April. I'm like, April, is the math mathing? Is it, I wrote it down like math ain't mathing. Oh, the math ain't mathing. mathing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have the math maths when, especially when you're dealing with money and time. Yo, so this was 2017, and this was when the math wasn't math anymore. But the moment the math started the math, and I was out here, I think I told the story one of the early episodes that we did last year, and it was like I charged $20 a session. You it was loosely at a certain time, and if you paid for five for a hundred, I gave you a sixth one. And then one day I like did the math and I was like, I'm making $16 a session. I mean, every time somebody has done four. I gave away a free one. Oh no, uh, this is this is bad. <laughs> and um, you know, 
there was all sorts of situation timing ooh offering all these sessions and then like when covid hit and then i reopened i did the math again and i was like oh why would i offer that many class times that, that's stupid <laughs> and um this is wild uh what i so to to kind of get to a, to a lesson piece share a little bit about your thoughts on what numbers to know i mean that's unique to everybody but you know there's certain numbers that we should know and uh, i guess I'll, I'll while you think about that i'll share like mine because i was thinking about that piece ahead anyways so for me i keep i have a trello board and then i have like excel sheets and on my trello board to that to that money piece about knowing what days i actually have a prompt i have a prompt for monday tuesday thursday friday i have a prompt it's a it's a quick journal prompt but one of them is how can i make a thousand dollars today i used to have that prompt every day but it, it started to get like a little old because I can't, that's not really how I need to focus. But it was like, all right, today, how can I make a thousand dollars today? Or how can I set myself up for a new thousand dollars? And like, I really would write out all the opportunities and then like put that on my to-do list. But, um, and it was a great prompt, but what I have is a scorecard. And so I keep a variety of numbers, but like the most important things I keep attendance numbers, uh, for, I've run, I've run a training studio. So people attend and I need to keep track of how many people are attending because when attendance dips, I mean, somebody's not showing up and if people don't show up to the gym and they paying two, $300 a month, they're not going to keep paying that. So I need to follow up with them. <laughs> um, we keep track of leads, how many people came in, how many, uh, prospects do we do strategy calls with? How many closes did I get? How much money did I get paid up front? How much of that money was personal training? We keep numbers on events that I go to because the business still relies heavily on my persona. So like me going to like track meets or me going to community events, I like literally track, did I go to one this week to where like I got to do something meaningful for somebody. We'll track podcasts recorded. I have a training well done is my training podcast, you know, shameless plug. And uh, you know, how many listens did I upload? We'll track um, those things on a monthly basis, average client value on average, how much are people spending? Cause I need that number to be above a certain amount. Um, how much money did we make in PT? How much, how many sessions did we serve? Um, did we do all the check-ins? You know, I have, I keep a scorecard for my coach for, she has to do check-in with everybody. So like, I have a number you need to put that in there. Like, did you check in with everybody and knowing all those numbers, what sessions are being attended the most and the least so that we can shift the schedule around accordingly. Cause I don't want us to have sessions that are under attended. Um, and that's kind of grown over time. But like and knowing those numbers, because I know that leads for me is like a is like a predictor measurement of future weeks of closing. If I have a bunch of leads that come in, I might close them that week, but there's a good chance we'll get closed the next week. Or like I know if I didn't bring any leads in, I might not have too many calls next week. So to get closed, so I might have a week where there's no leads, but like I close four people. OK, great. But that means next week I might not close nobody because there's no new leads. So those are all good. So I think I love all the examples you gave because none of them included like social media likes. Um, none of them included like followers. Um, because I think that when, when people are new in business, that's the kind of thing that they quantify. And that's where the focus is. And yes, marketing is definitely key when you're starting out but you have to know how to turn those likes into leads into clients. So 
for our landscaping business, the things that we really quantify are quotes, how many quotes are coming in, what's our conversion rate, how many of those do we actually book, um, but we also take into consideration how many people did not qualify for our service, whether they're out of our area, whether we don't do the service that they requested, um, or our timeline is not matching up. So if we're completely booked and we got 10 leads and we didn't close none of them, well, it's not that we didn't close any of them, we don't have time to, right? So we got to take into consideration if you need something done tomorrow, I can't help you because I'm. I'm always booked three to four weeks out. So I'm not a call me and I'm going to come to you the next day. Like that, that's not the way our, our landscaping company works. Um, and so we also track clients, how many clients total we've had from um, the start of our company to the present. And then how many ha we have this year, how many are returning, um, how many specific ongoing clients we have in terms of grass service. So I used to want big numbers of grass clients. Now I want small numbers of grass clients. So I've limited to, we have six grass clients and one of those includes a commercial contract. So before I would have been like, okay, I need to piece together all these $25 grass cuts. Whereas now I'm like, I can't come out for a grass cut under a certain minimum, um, things like that. The other numbers, minimum, right? What's your minimum service number? What's your minimum service price? Um, average order total. So how much is the average customer, how much is the customer spending what you want average? So our average is probably $100. Um, let me think what else? client number, landscaping. Oh, we do a lot with time. How long things take, how long a grass cut takes from week to week. Like, did it take longer? Did it take less time? Um, how long does a landscaping project take? Because we really focus on like a daily pay rate. Um, so you can't go over schedule a day. We're like construction in that area. Um, yeah, those are some to start with. I, I know it might seem overwhelming, but you have to figure out what numbers. Numbers are the indicator of the health of your business. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know how, it's like not knowing your temperature. It's, not, it's like not knowing your blood pressure. It's like not knowing your weight and your height. These are things that because you're a human being, you know what you need to know to know that you're healthy, right? It might be weight for you, or it might be, okay, I don't do weight. I do, I measure, you know? I use a, a tape measure to measure and I'm losing inches, so I'm still good. Um, or it might be, you know, blood pressure. If you're a person that struggles with something like that, you know what is an indicator of your health. And so you need to figure out what's an indicator of the health of your business and what shows you that it's growing. More clients or less clients. Sometimes less clients shows you that your business is growing. And that's what is is an indicator for me now where when i started in year one i'd be like oh my gosh we don't have enough clients what are we going to do now i'm like less clients more money yeah i uh early on when i started keeping score i kind of just looked at like when all the payments came in and just added up money and so when you think about like how ronda you're saying the health of your business that's what the numbers are you need to figure out what numbers indicate the health of your business which is a journey 
but I'll give you some thoughts on things that you can roll with because like me and Rhonda said some of the same numbers, but also we also had a bunch of other things that were very specific to what we do that were extra, but some things that uh, to kind of end out that I encourage you all to think about when knowing what's the health status of your business and and knowing those numbers uh, when it comes to marketing. Yeah, having likes and all these things are cool, but you need to know what marketing channels actually drive revenue. Because at the end of the day, your numbers need to revolve around driving revenue and sustaining revenue. I mean, it really just goes around that. And so what marketing mediums drive revenue? You need to know those. I know for me, going to events drives my revenue. Social media clicks doesn't do nothing for me. It's like my resume. I use Instagram as my resume, essentially. But like for me, when I go places and meet people, I go to their track meets and stuff, or I go to different events. That's how I do stuff. Or I host events. So anyways, knowing your what, when you look, when you know what marketing channels actually drive you traffic that matters, monitoring that. And when you start checking those numbers, then you can start strategizing on how to grow it looking at leads, who's coming in, who's, who's expressed interest. You should always have a, I have spreadsheets of people who've interest, who's expressed interest, um, who's closed, not closed, or still on the fence. Um, how many you've closed. You should know how much new money you made that month. You should know how much recurring money you made that month. You should know the average price of how much people are spending with you. Um, and the higher, the better. I'd say in in most business scenarios, unless, yeah, of course. Um, You should know also, along with that, um, which services are getting the most attention. I know for me, for my business, our two time a week small group in the gym sessions, by and large, are the predominant thing that people pay for. Second would be like our virtual option. And then, you know, everything else, those are the 80 and every, and everything else is the 20. So I know that when I'm calling, when I'm, when I'm setting up the business, I set it up around those things. Um, learning. Yeah. So knowing, you know, stuff with your staff, knowing your expenses, what are you spending money on the most? How much money do you generally spend? What's payroll look like? How much are you paying yourself? Because when you know those numbers of the operation of how much you're paying out and expenses, paying yourself, uh, your marketing stuff, what's driving you traffic? How many new people did you get interested? How many people did you close? And, you know, and I, I guess the other the first one should have been finances and then the operation of certain efficiencies. Like for me, it's attendance at sessions. It's uh, knowing which sessions are being attended, which ones are not, which programs are people going to, which ones are they not? Then you can actually have strategy. But, you know, you can't have a great strategy if you don't know what you're strategizing for. Following that up, because that that is my final piece of advice. So you said you can't have a great strategy if you don't know what you're strategizing for. So going back to that health analogy, depending on what age you are in your business, health will look different, right? So what's healthy for a baby is different than what's healthy for a young child is different than what's healthy for a teenager. So the first indicator of health in your business is revenue. If you're not making money, you don't have a business. Your business is not going to go anywhere um, except for to become a hobby or a passion project. So number one, you know, sign of health is that you're making money. 
So focus on that if you're if you're new in business. And then once you get to a, a, a plateau even where you're making money and now you can like lift your head up and actually think about some other things, then you can figure out what the next indicator of health is for your business. Oh yeah. So um what I what we want you to do, sit down, look at your business, look at your numbers. If you know your numbers, analyze them and, and good stuff. If you're like, oh numbers, I don't like math, you know, figure out what makes money. And then X, like Rhonda said, X is your money. All right. Um any any last words before we close them out today? Yeah, you don't gotta like math, just like money. That's it. We'll see y'all next time. Adios.